With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Past Podcast, uh, presented by Clutch Points. I am your host, Blake Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We are back here with a NFL trade deadline special uh, here of the podcast. I know for everyone who's used to uh, getting the, the new episode up on Mondays, uh, we decided to wait this week to dive into the trade deadline and Dylan, it looks like we uh, made this wait uh, for the Miami Dolphins because they were the only ones active uh, pretty much, I guess, in terms of completing trades uh, on trade deadline day on Tuesday. So uh, everyone wants to tank, and uh, the Dolphins just kept that rolling along, I guess, uh, on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, just as we expected, the Dolphins were the one team buying uh, for the deadline. But yes. no, I, 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 what they did with the keep to leave trade, obviously they have a lot of cap space. They've done this with a few moves in the past already where they're just going to kind of take on the money that they don't really need at this point for another team and in the process gain a draft pick. So even just a fifth rounder for them just continues to stockpile all the picks as they try to look to the future. But based on last night's game, I mean, hey, they're at least trying to win. Uh, Ken, I've said that really early in the season, maybe not by the play call at the end of the first half. But overall for the Dolphins, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if Tlaib, I, I read that Tlaib might not even ever uh, – report to the Dolphins so we'll see what happens in terms of the actual player that they got rather than just the pick yeah and that's again it's hard to know where to begin on this stuff because we're, we're so used to I don't know when we talk about like a trade deadline you expect the trades to happen like 10 minutes before the deadline mm-hmm. hits and you've got like you know Wode's dropping bombs on the NBA side like five seconds before the trade deadline and um, so I think that's what people are sort of accustomed to is, is seeing that kind of uh, wild, wild west, I guess you could say, uh, when it comes down to that final hour or so when the trade deadline and you've got teams scrambling, uh, trying to figure out what offers they want to make and all this other stuff. Uh, but like we said, that didn't really happen with this one, but there were still a lot of trades that w- will probably impact some of these teams, which you know we've already talked about that some of the obvious ones, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey going to the Rams, uh, Mohamed Sanu goes to the Patriots, Emmanuel Sanders now with the 49ers. Um, you've got Quandre Diggs with the Seahawks. There's lots of different ones like that that, that are going to uh, 
uh, sort of make a big impact for some of these teams. But I do think it's, you know, there are some that weren't made uh, that are the ones that we're really talking about. And, and I guess we could look at a couple different players here. And uh, what do you know? They happen to pretty much all be members of the New York Jets who are uh, <laughs> just an absolute, I don't know what they're in right now, but uh, um, I know that the GM there has come out, talked about how they weren't actively shopping any of these players like uh, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams, Robbie Anderson, um, but yet they're all still there, and we certainly heard all the different rumors uh, surrounding mm-hmm. all of them. I guess if you start with Jamal Adams, um, it seemed like the deal with the Cowboys was going to happen, but uh, if you believe reports, Seems like the Jets were wanting a first-round pick and two second-round picks for him. Mm-hmm. Cowboys decided not to make that move. Um, that's a lot. I mean, if you think about it, that's just a lot. And I know Cowboys fans would have loved to have him, but, man, that's a, that's a lot to give up. It's a big price, especially for a team that has already been you know, trading away picks to kind of improve their roster over the last couple seasons. So there's a certain point where for Dallas, you know, you want to improve this team as much as you can for this year and this run and – um, but as we've seen, there's been a lot of issues on Dallas's defense overall that uh, I'm not sure one player is going to fix them all. Jamal Adams would fit a pretty big need for them. And yeah, like you said, the price is pretty high, but I, I kind of thought the Cowboys were going to go up to it. I'm surprised they didn't find a way to meet in the middle. But I mean, this is the Jets. And uh, I was saying here, I was joking as we were covering the trade deadline at the office. I was saying if your <laughs> your team's players are all like all over the whole thing, like you, uh, during the deadline, it's probably not a good sign for your where your organization's at at that point. So, <laughs> and it's it's fu- kind of funny because some of these kind of came out of nowhere. Like I I really didn't expect to hear Le'Veon's name. I guess you yeah. know this isn't the GM that signed him, and uh, there's been all the reports about Adam Gase not wanting him. So. Not as surprised there, but Jamal Adams, it's like, I mean, this is a guy still young, still one of the best safeties in the NFL that you can really build your franchise around. Now you're going to have to go back. Adam Gase is going to have to go in there and pretend like, you know, they weren't just actively <laughs> trying to trade him. I, I, we, we had an article about the Ravens possibly being in, involved as well, but yeah, it's it's interesting and it's going to be, I don't know, <laughs> for the Jets, we talked about their schedule lightening up, even though they're struggling so far at this point, they still got a long season left and now it just adds more drama to a situation that wasn't that great to begin with. I With Jamal Adams, uh, man, I mean, <laughs> there's also reports, I think Justina Anderson said that he made it very clear he wanted to go uh, to the Cowboys, to the Jets. So, I mean, uh, I don't know <laughs> where the, their relationship goes from here. It's just more dysfunction for another team in the Patriots division. <laughs> well, and Jamal Adams, you know, he gets on Twitter afterwards and um, he's, he's saying how, you know, he, he told the Jets, this is his version, that he told the Jets that he wanted to stay with them um, and that any trade reports were, were completely false. Uh, he never requested a trade and that after he'd said that, you know, his agent comes back and says that all of a sudden that they're shopping him uh, behind his back. And so he's not happy, clearly. And then everyone's like, well, they weren't shopping him. And so uh, that's just <laughs> there, there's the Jets for you. <laughs> Um, this yeah. is a team I think at one point in the preseason we were thinking could be a potential playoff team, um, and they almost dealt away, I guess you could arguably say, three of their, their better players uh, when you think about Le'Veon Bell, um, Jamal Adams, and Robbie Anderson. Speaking of Robbie Anderson, uh, it seemed like a fourth-round pick was kind of what the Jets got for him, if you believe mm-hmm. these reports, um, because that was maybe the best offer. They weren't willing to, to get rid of him for a fourth-round pick. Um, and so, yeah, it was just uh, a wild, wild day for the Jets, that's for mm-hmm. sure. 
And uh, where they go from here, it's kind of interesting because, as we mentioned in our previous episode, uh, the Jets' upcoming schedule is one of the best schedules you'll ever see probably uh, when you look at maybe their next six games or so. Uh, and now you've got all this dysfunction, and uh, it's <laughs> it's going to be uh, appointment TV for the Jets because um, who knows what, what's going to happen with them. And, and really when you look at some of the other stuff, Dylan, I, I mean, I think like, like the Trent Williams situation, it seemed like the Browns were the team that that may have had the most uh, sort of interest, leverage, uh, trying to make the deal there. It didn't happen. And mm-hmm. now he reports back to the Redskins. But right afterwards, all of a sudden, reports are coming out that he, he's back, but he has mm-hmm. no intentions of playing for him this year. Um, so it's almost as if the teams that are bad are bad for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's unbelievable to me, too, for this, like you're talking about these bad teams. Like, I understand they want to get the best value back for some of these guys, but if you're going to move on and like try to you know move forward with rebuilding your roster, you're going to have to move and actually make these moves happen. Now, what do you do when you just remain stagnant? <laughs> you're just the same team you were. You didn't improve your future by gaining more draft picks. So that part, if I'm a fan of one of these franchises, I'm either reconsidering being a fan of that franchise or I'm wondering, <laughs> what are we really doing for the future? If I'm going to stick with them, like <laughs> I don't know how you can kind of convince yourself that the at this point that these teams like you see the teams that are making the moves that are actually winning or are in positions to win in the past they've built towards the future at least the dolphins have you know a a plan in place i don't really know what the jets have in place i don't really know what the redskins have in place and yeah for washington i mean yeah he's reporting but he's not going to play and trent williams i mean uh, i don't know i like it's just that situation you gotta this was probably your chance to maximize his value and now he's going to be there kind of inactive and then eventually what are you going to just keep franchising him i don't i don't really know what's going to happen i mean we the redskins have a history of this we saw uh, that obviously in the past with the Kurt cousins thing and all how all that contract stuff played out there there's a lot of players that have had issues with the organization in terms of how they deal with medicals how they deal with the players just on a personal level with how the coaches are treated i mean just overall it's just a mess and um i don't know it's both two rough situations where these teams you thought going into the day they're going to find a way to improve their outlook for the future actually start making taking strides to do something there and instead they're just in the same spot they were in before and one real quick note on the jets we're talking about how favorable their schedule is the teams that face them probably think the same exact thing now when they're seeing the jets on their (laughs) schedule i mean we'll see in a couple days when we do our picks episode i might have to might have to go with my miami dolphins for Uh, the jets we'll we'll find out though (laughs) Uh, it's, uh, listen, I wouldn't be surprised at this point, and, and you're talking about the person who is picked against the Dolphins in every scenario, whether real football, fantasy football, and, and every scenario to start the season. Um, but yeah, like you said, not knowing what you're getting from the Jets, uh, it could be pretty crazy. But you know, beyond the, the Jets drama, and we talked about with the Redskins, um, there, there were lots of names that, that were brought up, uh, again, and, and it's rumor season. Like, we know that. How valid some of this stuff was, we have no idea. But I think the, the names you heard the most um, were, were guys like O.J. Howard. You had Chris Harris with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Von Miller at one point was mentioned. But I don't know. If that, I think that was very sort of far-fetched, at least just when you yeah. consider it. Uh, Eli Manning was someone else that, that was thrown out there. Because you, you do think about this stuff, and you're like, well, we've seen crazier things happen. Uh, Patrick Peterson was another one. Lots of different names. And, again, there, there was really no uh, huge moves. Uh, I guess the one, well, now that I think about it, we, we haven't talked about it 
it didn't happen right at the deadline, but uh, Kenyon Drake going to the Cardinals uh, was certainly one we expected him to to get moved at some point. Uh, That was inevitable. Uh, He didn't travel with the Dolphins for that game against the Steelers on Monday night, so we knew he was headed somewhere. Uh, And then, of course, we we found out on Monday that it was going to be the Cardinals. Uh, You know, that doesn't, to me, have any impact on the the playoffs or anything like that, (laughs) but um, it's certainly a better situation for Kenyon Drake, and especially knowing that David Johnson and Chase Edmonds are both dealing with injuries. Uh, it's a smart move for the Cardinals because, uh, you know, th- they obviously need help at running back, and um, now they're in a situation where they have someone that we feel like has a lot of potential, just was never really maybe utilized uh, in, the, in the perfect way uh, on a team like mm-hmm. the Dolphins. Yeah, I think the winner of that trade are, are uh, Kenyon Drake uh, fantasy owners. I, at this point, yeah. given, like you just said, the, the situation's a lot better than Miami. I mean, even going back to previous seasons, uh, this is a – offense that does a great job utilizing uh talented running backs that are able to catch the ball out of the backfield and now with the injuries that you're uh, mentioning to Edmonds and Johnson I mean we'll see how many how many snaps he gets and I think he could have a pretty big role and I think his fantasy value definitely took a big jump here and overall for the Cardinals like you said in terms of the playoff picture maybe if they're in the AFC who knows what uh if this team would uh, feature in that playoff picture but in the NFC I think it's just too deep at this point to really expect them to make a big move and I don't think that kind of move obviously for a running back like that's really going to be a for a lot of teams be a difference maker in terms of where they go from uh, their current situation but for the Cardinals and uh, you know at least at this point they'll have a better option than some of the other backups they had and for fantasy owners of Kenan Drake if you held on to him through all these hard times with the Dolphins I think you're about to be rewarded and uh, we'll see what he's able to do hopefully Cliff Kingsbury is able to utilize him better than he has been in Miami so far. Yeah, they could uh, maybe see if he can play defense too. That would uh, maybe help them a little bit uh, as well. Throw him, they, throw him at a throw him at uh, strong safety. We'll see what he can. Yes, do. have see, him guard tight ends. See what <laughs> see what's possible there because they do need some help on that side. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of of help on defense specifically. Um, let's talk about a couple of the teams that maybe didn't make moves that we all kind of sat back and were like, there's surely something's going to happen here. Um, but they didn't, and they didn't really make any moves of note. And we'll talk a little bit about more of some of these teams because uh, later in this episode, we're going to kind of look at our, our mid-season point here and, and discuss you know, whether we're buying some of these teams or whether we're not sold on them just yet mm-hmm. uh, based on what they did or didn't do at the trade deadline or just based on how they look uh, through the first eight weeks of the season um i think certainly dylan one one that stands out is a team we talked about uh they were your super bowl pick and that's the eagles who are sitting mm-hmm. here at four and four um you know tr- trying to catch the cowboys not too far behind there in that division but um th- their defensive issues as we know are, are a big problem and didn't really do a whole lot to to make anyone feel any better about that um so i guess they were one of the surprise ones Mm-hmm. Um, you look at other teams. You know, the Lions were a team that people thought – you heard them mention a lot with, like, Melvin Gordon, uh, Chris Harris. It seems like the Lions, looking at reports, they were the only ones that made an actual offer on Chris Harris. Um, they're trying to chase, you know, in a really tough division, as we know. Um, mm-hmm. Teams like that, I guess, are the ones that, that sort of stand out the most in terms of, of not making any moves. Um, I don't know that there's anyone else that, that maybe comes to mind, maybe like the, the Texans. I, you know, just depending on certainly we know what kind of shape their defense is in, especially with J.J. Watt now out. Uh, but, you know, it, sometimes it is about the moves you don't make that, that maybe matter more. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, as you mentioned with the Eagles to start, I mean, yeah, I thought going into not even just this trade deadline, but before that they were going to make a move for someone in the secondary. I thought when you saw Slay's name up, it was kind of like, for anyone yeah. that thought they should have gone after Jalen Ramsey, here's another chance for you to get an elite defensive back, and obviously it doesn't happen. I, I was surprised Slay was on the mentioned there as obviously as you know, I think the Lions definitely have a good team and think they. I don't see why they would really want to release someone that or give give away someone with that value unless they're going to get an outstanding uh, package in return, which I'm, I'm guessing that had to be on the table if it was even being considered. And for Harris, I thought I, I know there was another team that was mentioned as interested was the Eagles too. So again, like they're in all these all these uh, things going potentially going for defensive backs and just to not improve it before the deadline. I mean, I, maybe they're Howie Roseman's seeing that this team has a lot of issues beyond just the secondary, and even if they improve certain spots, it's not going to fix all their problems, and that could be what it is. Um, I know I, I've, I've, I can't remember exactly who it was that tweeted out had an anonymous Eagles player after the Jalen Ramsey trade, and he was pissed. Uh, he was saying like, yeah. we, you know, we missed our opportunity to get uh, the top guy in the market, and. For that move, I mean, that's a, a, a kind of a difference in the philosophy of the Rams who have clearly, over, even beyond the Jalen Ramsey trade over the last few years, have not shied away from making deals for star players. And for the Eagles, I mean, this is a team that's built on depth. And while it's been a rough year, maybe the uh, long term, they're not going to tr- try to sacrifice some of these picks where, you know, they've hit on some guys and over the past few years, maybe they feel like, you know, they'll be able to reload past the season and not be in uh, too bad a shape going into 2020. But for the Eagles, uh, not really... I'm not shocked that they didn't make a move, but definitely surprised out of the whole bunch of teams that are kind of in that middle ground. Um, obviously, for teams at the top, not surprised they didn't make moves. I mean, the, especially the 49ers and Patriots. What what else do you need yeah. to do at this point? They they both addressed <laughs> their one their one uh, need by both getting this uh, you know Sanu for New England and Sanders for San Francisco. I, I know that Sanu was also discussed with san francisco couldn't make it get it done but sanders fits well into that offense knows the offense and i think both those teams are beyond just the offense i think their defenses are in such great shape that they didn't need to make any moves over there and for the rams it's kind of crazy for me to think about where that secondary was at the beginning of the season obviously john johnson's just injured at this point but nonetheless you you the only guy uh from their starting secondary beyond uh nickel roby coleman at the nickelback is uh eric weddle otherwise you know they trade peters now and Talib both gone and mm-hmm. new corners uh, troy hills played pretty well marquee christians played pretty well at safety so we'll see how they're able to do in the second half they got a bye week coming off london but a tough uh, stretch of games to start the second half we'll see if they're able to kind of inch their way back into the picture yeah the packers to me were interesting too because we had mm-hmm. heard them be linked to robbie anderson and and i think um you know just knowing Devonte adams seems like he's pretty close to coming back but still to, to add someone like that, that that does offer kind of that deep threat um that would have just given you know aaron Rodgers another toy to play with mm-hmm. um in terms of we know what robbie anderson's potential is but again uh we we don't maybe always see it necessarily especially with the jets uh due to some of their struggles but that that would have been an interesting one for sure yeah. but the packers are still seem to be in i mean certainly they're seven and one um there are a lot worse places they could be uh <laughs> right now but uh yeah like you said there's, there's just lots of different teams and you never know uh, again teams are and we know how many offers are thrown around and, and how many discussions are made, especially at this time of year. And, and again, sometimes it is about uh, maybe holding off and, and seeing what you can get after the season, uh, you know, maybe having better scenarios there with guys looking, having a better view of your roster uh, and just trying to, to improve what you can uh, during the season. So uh, we'll see how some of these uh, trades play out uh, for these teams here. But uh 
I guess, Dylan, let's go ahead and just dive into uh, looking at, you know, making our picks on for some of these teams. Now, we tried to come up with a, a more fancy name, but it does seem like, you know, contender or pretender is kind of how we look at some of these teams. Are, are we buying these teams as true Super Bowl mm-hmm. contenders here at the midway point, or uh, are we just not sold on their ability? All right, let's just let's just do the softball here first because I think this one's going to take about five seconds. Um, let's start with the New England Patriots, Dylan. Do you think they are a contender for a Super Bowl championship? Because uh, they're they're just not used to being there, I guess, that often. Yeah, e- this is the easiest one beyond <laughs> maybe a couple teams in the NFC. But yeah, I definitely think the. Patriots are a Super Bowl contender. Shocker for the team. What has made three in a row for the last five? I mean, always in the AFC title game year after year, regardless of these just past few seasons. So no, I mean, they're obviously the class of the NFL. They have been for a long time, and uh, just regardless of the moves they're making, I mean, Belichick's just. uh, It feels like with this defense, it's almost like his masterpiece. I don't know how long he's going to be the coach. I think he just recently said he's no longer. uh, He like ten years ago had said something like, "I can't see myself coaching in his seventies," and he's now he's getting closer to seventy, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know. I feel pretty good. I could don't really think I have a end date in in line." But really, what's happened with this defense? It's regardless. You know the talent's one thing, but what he's able to do with the players he has and the schemes are do- uh, the way they're able to attack different offenses, like we just saw with the Browns on Sunday. But you know, every game it's a, a different uh, attack, and it, regardless of who he's facing, he's finding a way to beat them. And uh, that that defense is in an era right now where offense is you know the name of the game in the NFL. We have two teams with great defenses, but really the Patriots that are historically great in an era where they're not supposed to be and that's it's really impressive and uh, it it makes it you know i think at a certain point if you're casual nfl fan that maybe doesn't love the patriots dominance you got to respect it though it's just kind of miraculous how they're able to year in year out find different ways to win and now it's it's almost going back to the beginning of this patriots dynasty early on when that defense in the early 2000s was so dominant yeah, and kind of jumping around here, certainly we know how we feel about the Patriots. The Chiefs are a team that maybe has been a little hard to gauge for people because of the Mahomes injury, but mm-hmm. I still don't have any – like, I don't have any issue. I mean, their, their mm-hmm. defense, we know, it's not still to the point to where it needs to be, um, probably especially knowing how well the Patriots have played, and it seems like they're not really taking a step back on offense either. Um, you know, but, but the Chiefs' defense is, is still – I don't know if you can call it a true weakness, but there are – some areas of improvement there um but i think we still have to buy the chiefs just because once patrick mahomes is back there's there's not many offenses that look like that yeah i was gonna say as long as you have mahomes uh, you're gonna be a super bowl contender at this point he's maybe not gonna win the mvp based on the games he's missing and some of the numbers that uh, he was putting up in those last couple games right before he's already had a tweaked uh, uh knee and then now he obviously gets this dislocated knee and overall we'll see what he's able to do when he comes back but i i don't think you can count the chiefs out at this point there's you know and their defense uh, for everything that you know i've been critical of it's all based on the run game they're fourth right now still in defensive dvoa um against the pass and uh, their secondary has definitely improved quite a bit from past season. That was a huge issue, and now they've kind of you know figured out how to defend the pass. But they're still one of the worst teams in the NFL at defending the run, and that's where I really worry about them facing the Patriots in the playoffs using exactly the same formula they've beaten them with before and last year in the AFC title game. So we'll see what they're able to do there. I don't know if they could, they really could have addressed that with any moves at the deadline. I think you're gonna just hope that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes goes off in that game if they do play New England but it's not going to be easy and hopefully he'll be back when they face each other later in the season because 
Uh, otherwise, uh, it's not going to be too close, I don't think. I, th- I think the Chiefs have the potential to beat the Pats, but they're going to need a stellar performance from Mahomes, uh, you know, per usual. But then also on the flip side, their defensive front's going to have to figure out a way to at least slow down New England. And it's been their whole issue this whole season. And they got, you know, halfway through the year, they haven't shown any ability to stop the run. So <laughs> I don't know, why, uh, you know, why I would just predict that's going to change. But if they're able to do that, they're in really good shape. Here's an interesting one, and, and of course, with the way they started the season, uh, I think we were all very high on them, and, and we're seeing the improvement, especially on that offense. But the Ravens, I mean, they're sitting here at five and two, um, yet it still feels like there's something with them that that feels mm-hmm. a little bit off. Like you know, and maybe it's just because that defense isn't exactly what we're used to seeing um, in recent years, and also you know maybe we we read too much into the Lamar Jackson first game against the Dolphins. Um, he's still gotten a lot better, as we know, but yeah. there, there may be still some things about this Ravens team. I think. You know, I guess if I'm hesitating, I don't know that I'm all in on the Ravens being a, a true contender. Um, mm-hmm. But that they're one that I go back and forth on. They're definitely a fringe one for me. I mean, it's it, we'll see. I think we're going to learn a lot when they play the Pats this week. I don't know if if uh, Belichick's going to really unleash everything that he can against the Lamar Jackson offense with, you know, not last year's Lamar Jackson offense, but this one that's destroying the NFL again and uh, it's one of the top scoring teams in the league, regardless of who they're facing. They've played a little bit better the last few weeks against some better competition, but really seeing what they're able to do against that defense will be a big test. I think we'll have a much better idea of whether I consider them a Super Bowl contender after that game. If they get stomped on, I'm I'm not going to really have a, a, you know, believe that they're going to be able to top the Chiefs and the Patriots in the playoffs at one time. So, uh, and a part of that has to do with the defense, as you mentioned. It's just it's too middle of the road of a of a unit at this point, and that you see why you know they're looking at Jamal Adams, and that that could have been a huge huge addition for their secondary and what they're able to do there. But overall, uh, you know they're definitely on the fringe. It's tough. It, it really depends how many teams you're going to consider as Super Bowl contenders. Are we really thinking of like yeah. teams that could possibly win a Super Bowl? Sure, the the Ravens are in that conversation absolutely, but I don't know if they're right there with these you know I'd, I'd say there's about five teams for me total at this point where I really think they're the the real top Super Bowl contenders I, I the Bravens are a contender by the by maybe the definition in our in our segment here but by the uh I, I don't put them quite in the same tier as the uh, the two teams we mentioned the AFC and then a few that are, we're going to bring up in the NFC yeah I, I'd agree on that I think they're behind that group for sure and uh they're they're maybe in a tier kind of by themselves after that because when you look around Mm -hmm. at the rest of the AFC (laughs) um, I know the Bills are sitting there at five and two um, and let's just group the Bills with <laughs> let's just do this let's group the Bills with the entire AFC South because um, we're, oh, we're back here again with the AFC South and no one's I guess, under 500 no, no one's under 500 it's crazy to think there's not a team with a losing record in that division which is I don't know if that is hard to believe because they're so inconsistent <laughs> that like it, it's almost fitting that they're all yeah. four and four or better um, I guess you have to look at the Colts as the team in there that because they have the best record however I, I like the Colts but you know a game like they had against the Broncos yes I know they won the game that's all that matters but there are still some things that you look at the Colts and you're like eh you know I don't know that yeah. I'm completely sold on them I, I think we're in agreement here that we're not putting anyone in the AFC South as a true Super Bowl contender <laughs> um, but how about this let's 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 just have some fun here all right, we get to repick our division winner the rest of the way. And I know we maybe should have did some prep on this, looked at schedules and all that, uh, but we're doing it on the spot. Um, I mean, are you are you going with the Colts or is it going to be somebody else? 
I if I had to repick, I'm I don't think I'm picking the Titans again. I know they got their <laughs> two game winning streak. They're feeling real good right now. Ryan Tannehill's firing on all cylinders. But no, if I had to if I had to choose between the four teams again, oh, I guess I'd say the Texans. I don't feel great about that. That's yeah. just based on my love for Deshaun Watson and what he brings to a team. I, but they're very similar to the Colts in that they've had some of these games where, you know, they've beaten good teams and they go and they either barely beat or lose to teams that I feel like they shouldn't. And I don't really trust anyone in this division as we've talked about. I mean, for me, the, the most fun would be Gardner Minshew to be to host a playoff game. I think that would be a great time. But other than that, I mean, all these teams bring something to the table, right? None of these, I would say, like <laughs> – from top to bottom in the AFC, this probably is the best division, I guess, at this point, given how the oh Browns have played. Oh, my goodness. What are we yeah. doing? No, Why I mean, are we <laughs> Top to bottom. Top, I mean, if we're just looking at the worst teams no, in every division. No, I agree. Yeah. Titans, Jags are better than the Dolphins, the Bengals, and probably the Broncos at this point. So, man, it's 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 interesting. It's, but, yeah, no no Super Bowl contenders in here. But I, if I had to repick, I'd say the Texans. I feel like the Colts, You, I think you should obviously stick with your pick. I think that one is – I'm not completely shocked, as we said back in our one of our first preview episodes about you know the, the overall strength of that team and that roster. But um, I think if I had to bet, even though the Colts have that win on the Texans, I would I would take the Texans at this point. Yeah, I guess I'll stick with the Colts. I, I almost did what you did though. The Sean Watson factor to me is probably the biggest thing here. But the Colts do get the Steelers, the Dolphins, and the Jags up next. So that's a nice three-game stretch before yep. they go into that game at Houston mm-hmm. on November 21st, which certainly that'll be a big game. Um, but, yeah, I guess I'll stick with the Colts. Like I said, I don't love it, and I don't think there's any of these teams, which we're not saying anything we didn't say uh, you know, two months ago. <laughs> we're, we said the exact same thing, um, so no surprise in there. And, you know, looking at the rest of this AFC before we go into the NFC, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, the Browns, we're, I, I can't possibly – talk about the browns making the playoffs they're two and five and you know they they just continue to show their deficiencies in a lot of areas um you know i guess that the other other teams that we're probably looking at i i just don't i can't put the steelers and you know i don't feel confident about them making the playoffs um the raiders and the chargers are probably the most intriguing left of this group because they both have three wins. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, as we know, though, we're not trusting either one of those teams. Um, you know, and then again, we're probably not saying this as a true Super Bowl kind of discussion with those two. But I guess if you're talking about playoff race, I don't think we're going to. I don't mean, I don't know. I mean, no one. You know, they didn't make any moves. Uh, they're kind of the teams we thought they were going to be. And there's really no trust in either one of those at this point. But it is the AFC, like we keep saying. I mean, they're still in the hunt, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, we're starting to see the the playoff picture develop a little bit more. If I had to, like, you know, guess at this point, it'd be Patriots in that division, Ravens, and then either the Colts or Texans, I think they could both get in, the Chiefs, and then the last team being Buffalo. But then again, like you said, I mean, the AFC, none of these teams are really quite on the level where you're going to – you know think they're gonna over the course of the year especially in the second half of the schedule a lot of these teams are going to face each other again and uh, as we've seen in a lot of these games little weird things can kind of you know miss field goals weird turnovers uh, bad play calls at certain points like uh the deshaun watson the uh, being called that he was in the grasp when for a sack when really you know he throws a touchdown so little things like that really swing some of these games there's not really a huge separation um you know parody maybe it's a good thing but at this point for some of these teams it doesn't make for the most uh, pretty football games um for the raiders and chargers i uh, would trust maybe the raiders more but again like 
Uh, they had a, really a chance to beat the Texans on Sunday. Couldn't get it done, and it's kind of been the story of their year in terms of looking a little better maybe than I thought they'd be, but just not quite getting the job done when they really need to. And I, I, both those teams, I could see them each in that like six and ten, seven and nine range, probably <laughs> finishing a couple games behind one of our AFC South uh, teams and maybe Buffalo. Yeah, it's really weird. I think we're at the point where we we know that the Patriots, the Chiefs are locks. We feel like the Ravens are probably a lock. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, I almost feel like at that next fourth spot, like the Bills are legitimately maybe like a feeling like a lock. And it's so weird to say that, but it's all about that schedule, like we mentioned with them. Um, You know, their their next four games are Redskins, Browns, Dolphins, and Broncos. And it's like, I don't know, man. They get the Jets to finish the season. They still get the Steelers. Um, So, I don't know. The Bills, at this point, I think if you're Buffalo, you'd be disappointed if you don't make the playoffs because – uh, they have uh, one of the best setups probably outside of the Jets uh, on the remaining mm-hmm. schedule. So it's, yeah, that's kind of where we are, uh, I guess, uh, with the Bills and just the AFC as a whole. Uh, diving into the NFC, this is probably a little bit tougher to decipher because um, we know that there are teams at the top. Uh, I think we, we've both made our stance on, let's say, the 49ers, the Packers, and the Saints. Yep. Um, I think we're we're probably in agreement there that all three of these are Super Bowl contenders at this point. Um, and the 49ers, you know, maybe we were a little bit hesitant to move them into that picture, but you can't argue with 7-0 and the fact that they've only given up 77 points this season. Um, so I think we're, we're definitely in agreement on those yeah. three. And then, like we said, beyond that, uh, there's a lot of different teams that, that we can consider here. Yeah, no. Those when I was talking about my the, the five total teams, you yeah, you nailed it. Those are the three that I was thinking of from the NFC. All the teams can uh, perform well on offense. They all have great good defenses. The 49ers especially, obviously, have been a revelation considering where they were last year. You go from one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. Now you know I was ripping them going into the season based on last year, and then this season now number one in DVOA against the pass. They've been incredible not just forcing turnovers but just shutting down everything that their opposition wants to do it's it's crazy to see uh, especially some of the teams they've faced uh, over the last few weeks they you know for a while there was a knock on them for not having played anyone and they go and uh, they beat the rams and then they smash a, a panther team that would just won four straight i mean it was really impressive to see and i, I was already convinced they were a super bowl contender before that game and uh, that's why I obviously end up changing my pick to the 49ers winning based on some of the stats that really did end up <laughs> playing themselves out in that game on Sunday. So, yeah, for for the 49ers, I think it starts with them, but I think the Saints are right there. I, I have a tough time separating the two in terms of who I think is better. I think the Packers are maybe a bit below that, but uh, they still have Aaron Rodgers, so that kind of equalizes all of them. So all three of these teams, the NFC a lot more uh, top, and not necessarily top-heavy, but these three teams at the top, I could see any of them making the Super Bowl would not be shocked at all because they all have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball good coaching staffs that are utilizing their players well and i mean we saw aaron jones come and what he was able to do in their last game against the chiefs i think if you know they have enough weapons regardless of all the trades they could have made robbie anderson would have been a great time in that offense but i still think they have enough guys that whether they're undrafted dudes and the guys with lower draft picks they're all finding a way to contribute and uh, the packers defense uh, has still been solid enough that i think they're going to be right in that tier yeah, we, we group all those three together. Um, they're they're legit, and uh, I don't think we have any doubt about that. Before we go to the NFC East and the battle with those, let's group these three teams together uh, because I think you would probably say, and you could look at the record and make this assumption, but um, these are the next three teams in line maybe for a lot of people, and that's the Seahawks, the Rams, and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, putting aside your Rams bias here for a second, yeah. uh, of these three teams, are, are you still – 
buying the Rams as the better contender? Let's say if we had to pick one from this trio of teams here. If I had to pick one, it would be the Vikings, I think, at this point. Yeah. I, with Especially with how Kirk Cousins has looked against better defenses. I know the, the Redskins game wasn't pretty last Thursday, but overall, if I had to pick between the three, the Seahawks, I love Russell Wilson. I love what they're you know kind of letting him really uh, take over that offense and not relying so much on just pounding the rock as much as they had been before. I, I think the Seahawks' offense is you know a much better team at this point, uh, or their uh, whole philosophy than last year. But I really am still concerned about their defense. They uh, they're struggling against Matt Schaub at certain points last week, and outside of a few weird plays here and there, they could have again lost that game. And the story they they have a six and two record, but they have so many wins where they've barely beaten some teams that are not that great or are not playing well at the time or have injuries or guys uh, starters out. So I still am concerned about them. The Rams. They just beat two of the worst teams in the NFL the last couple of weeks, so don't, you don't really learn a ton from that. You know, we're talking about for record-wise, them and the Seahawks of Zerline makes that field goal. They're the six and two team. The Seahawks are the five and three team, and they're kind of on that same level. Whereas the Vikings, I feel like they kind of have started to ascend a bit more. I think their defense is uh, at this point. I trust them more than those two defenses, and the offense is starting to click. So I think the Vikings. That would be my one pick out of those three if I had to at this point, given what we've seen so far. But we'll see what uh. the Rams can do. I am with my bias. Yes, but I still think their defense is performing better. They're able to play a lot more man. Their their whole philosophy has changed there with Jalen Ramsey and some of these younger guys like Troy Hill, Marquis Christian, they're stepping up. So we'll see what they're able to do. But I still think their offensive line is going to be their Achilles heel at this point. Uh, it's so strange, man, because I, I think I would pick the Vikings too. And, that, and, of course, I picked them to win the division going into the season. But once we saw how Kirk Cousins sort of started the year, I was backtracking on them big time. <laughs> Uh, but like we said, they, they've they really made up some ground. And, I mean, Dalvin Cook, I don't know what else you say about him. Uh, I mean, he's just someone that, you know, when he had the torn ACL there a couple of years ago, and you're always wondering, you know, are these guys going to be the same type of player mm-hmm. and all this? And it's like, my goodness, he is just – he is something else. And then you've got Alexander Madison right behind him who's, like we said, it's sort of like a, a mini Dalvin Cook in terms of how he plays. Um, and then mm-hmm. that defense, it's just uh, – yeah. I, it's so weird because I am going to pick the Vikings of that group, knowing that quarterback situation, I would go with the Seahawks probably every single yeah. time uh, because of Russell Wilson. But you said that defense is just, it's not in a good spot. And yes, they're 6 and 2, but you do worry about them. And, and really with the Rams, I got to say the Jared Goff thing for me um, is, is what holds me back maybe from picking the Rams uh, mm-hmm. in some of these scenarios. You know, let's say uh, they're playing a team like the 49ers uh, or, you know, the Packers and the Saints. They, they defensively they've had their issues mm-hmm. but you still think in a road situation uh, against those types of teams and we're all hypotheticals here on that um, it's just yeah it's hard to say that and, and we could probably say the same thing about Kirk Cousins you know if if Kirk Cousins is in a playoff game playing at uh, yeah. let's say Green Bay <laughs> or, or San Francisco we're not going to feel good about it um, but you know again that's where maybe their defense is better and mm-hmm. that's where we, we look at the Vikings there with them so I would I'd take the Vikings there too uh, out of that group um all right so the nfc's we have to look at this and obviously we're not talking about the giants or the redskins but it is the battle between the cowboys and the eagles uh, i guess our, our the best question here is kind of the theme of this episode are we considering the cowboys or the eagles super bowl contenders here at the midway point um we were both very high on the eagles to start the season uh we both left the cowboys out of the playoffs um you know, I think the Cowboys probably probably get in the playoffs. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. They should. But, yeah, <laughs> they should. Um, but I, I don't know. Do we really 
I mean, we mentioned the Eagles earlier with the, the secondary issues. Do we really view either one of these as, as Super Bowl contenders right now? No, I I have a hard time believing that. I mean, the Cowboys are probably closer because even with the Eagles, we saw what they did against Buffalo, and the offense played quite well. And if you know if Carson Wentz is able to do that week in and week out, and they're able to run the ball, maybe they're in the conversation. I just don't. I really just don't trust their defense enough to possibly pick no. them over the rest of the NFC. For the Cowboys, I think it's a lot closer, but I still think they're almost in a, like you're kind of saying the Ravens are in the tier by themselves. I'd put the Cowboys underneath that too. I'd put them closer, closer to maybe the Rams at this. It's it's tough. It's tough to say. I mean, they have a team with a lot of expectations, a lot of talent, a lot of you know big names and uh, great players that can at certain times take over games. And we saw what Dallas did to the Eagles a few weeks ago. But the Eagles have been blown out by a lot of teams, and the, uh, I mean the Vikings destroyed them as well, and with their secondary and all those issues there. So it's really hard for me to pick one over the other um, in terms of um, who's like going to win that division for sure. I'd have to look at their schedules maybe to make a yep. better guess. But I'd, I'd have to imagine if I really you know the Cowboys, what we saw what they did to Philadelphia. I don't know if you expect that's really going to change the next time they meet. And But for Dallas, I don't think they're – I wouldn't say they're one of my Super Bowl contenders, especially if I'm going to leave out some of these other teams that I already have. If, I, if I'm really thinking of like a top five, we already named those teams. This They're still – again, Cowboys are a team with the talent they have, with what they're able to do at certain points. I wouldn't be shocked if they made the Super Bowl. <laughs> but yeah. I, I just wouldn't put them in that top tier again. Yeah, I agree. I think they're they're still in that they're behind that top tier and and maybe somewhat considerably when you consider how well uh, those top three teams in particular have played uh, at this point. All right, the best of the rest here. Let's let's just <laughs> let's just have some fun here. Um, let's say I guess we would probably agree the Lions, the Bears, and the Panthers. I don't think I'd put the Cardinals in this group. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Um, I don't think the Bucks are making the playoffs. Uh, the other teams at the bottom we're not going to discuss. Uh, but let's say the Lions, the Bears, and the Panthers. Of that group, which we're not talking Super Bowl here. We're talking uh, of that group, which one do you feel the most confident in? Because it's so weird to me to look at this. When you consider that the Bears have only given up 122 points this season, and they've only scored 128 points. Like, like I feel like going in, like I would have said the Bears. I would have said, all right, easily the Bears going into this season. But when you consider mm-hmm. just how bad they've been on offense, um, I'll tell you, I, I still think, well, I don't know. With carry on Johnson injury, like that's one that makes me a little bit hesitant on the Lions. Um, but really – I, yeah, I guess the Panthers have Christian McCaffrey. All right, I'm going to let you go first because I was all set to make it the Lions, but now I'm like going back and forth here. And, and it's weird because I am between the Lions and the Panthers. I don't trust yep. the Bears. I don't Same. care how good the I – don't, I don't care how good the defense is. There's no way I'm trusting that offense to say I feel like they're going to make the playoffs. So I'm going to go back and forth, and maybe I'll just let you convince me of which team I should take here. All right. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the, the the part about leaving the Bears behind the other two. I I just it's it's the offense itself, but the defense hasn't been, you know, quite to that top of the NFL level. I, I, the Patriots in San Francisco have separated themselves absolutely, but even by DVOA, the Rams, Panthers, and Carolina, or sorry, Rams, Panthers, and Saints are all right above the Bears. I mean, and the Vikings are right behind them. So these these teams with better offenses and are able to do a lot more have similar levels of defense. So I'm, uh, there's no way I'm going to pick. Chicago at this point, regardless of what their their kicker committed that field goal, the Chargers, of course, they they win that way with 
<laughs> yeah. kicker from the, another team <laughs> missing a key field goal. Both these teams kind of in that same uh, pack. But yeah, Chicago, their their issues are beyond just the offense. I I really don't have any trust in what they're able to do. And I know they have one of the tougher schedules over the second half of the season. I saw a tweet going over that. And I, we mentioned before the year they had the third toughest schedule in the NFL after having the second easiest last year. So really a, a rough to, to, to pick them. I Between the other two, definitely been bullish on the on the lions uh the panthers uh, i think it has to do with what cam looks like when he returns uh, we finally uh, for everyone, anyone that really uh really believe that kyle allen should remain the starter you saw what uh some of the deficiencies in his game uh, exposed by one of the top defenses in the nfl in the, in the 49ers I, i'm not sure uh what they're gonna be able to do with cam if he's not fully healthy for the long haul i, I would I'd have a tough time picking them over some of these other teams i probably that could be the equalizer here um between them and the lines if cam's able to actually contribute at a really high level but at this point since that's not a certainty i guess i'll go with the lions because <laughs> their offense yeah carry on is one thing but they have some other guys that are able to make plays and i think they're stafford's playing so i mean he's had some really great statistical years in his career but i think he's playing at a really high level at this point and if their defense can you know get past you know some of this drama with the deadline and trading digs away and some of those things i think they're they're still an interesting team but they obviously they play in the, probably the toughest division in this in yeah. this conference so yeah record schedule wise it might be tougher for them than carolina at, uh, moving forward yeah i agree i would probably pick the lions but i think if you compare the schedules my guess is that the panthers would probably give you more confidence uh, because they don't you know still have to play and just pulling up the Lions schedule here they have the the Raiders and the Bears up next on the road. Uh, they've still got the Cowboys at home. Uh, they got they get to go to the Redskins, so that's a positive. Um, they play the Bears. They're at the Vikings at home against the Bucks. At the Broncos at home against Packers. So maybe not that terrible, really, yeah, for the for the bad. Lions the, the rest of the way. So I'll do that too. I'll stick with the Lions here because. You know, like we said, that the carry on Johnson thing, maybe you would have felt a little bit better had they, let's say, made a deal for running back and not necessarily Melvin Gordon. It could have been, you know, Kenyon Drake, whoever. Um, But I don't know. Maybe that's something. But we have so much confidence in their their passing attack at this mm -hmm. point that maybe they're able to to make some moves um well, all right so let's put it let's put it this way though we out of these two teams the lions have faced of, of my like my five super bowl contenders right they've nearly beaten the chiefs they've nearly beaten the packers probably should have beaten the packers meanwhile oh. the panthers got crushed by the 49ers <laughs> so i mean in terms of what they've been able to do against some of the best teams in the nfl i think that yeah. also separates the lions at this point yeah very true that that's a good point and like we said i for me, it, it's seeing how, you know, what they're able to get going at the running back spot. And um, but we know that their defense is capable, although they found themselves in some of these shootouts. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still – but, again, we're not talking about these teams, Super Bowl contenders. These are probably like fringe playoff teams mm-hmm. um, and having the possibility. But in such a tough conference, um, there's, there's not a lot maybe that separates uh, some of these teams here. So uh, there you go. There's our look around at kind of what the, the landscape – looks like now after the trade deadline and dylan we're going to wrap it up uh, with uh, the most exciting thing of all and i know people have been waiting on this uh i am going to give you an opportunity to go back we repicked our our winner for the afc south but i'm going to give you an opportunity now for us to oh, both right our wrongs here because i wish there was a way to add in the audio of us saying <laughs> we're gonna feel really dumb about not picking the patriots to win the super yep. bowl uh, because we both said it in our predictions episode to start the season uh, i'm gonna let you repick your super bowl i will go ahead and tell you 
Mine is only, I guess, going to change on one side, and that's. I I think that's probably the same for you. I had the Chiefs (laughs) over the Saints. Uh, I think I will change that to the Patriots over the Saints at this point. Yeah, I was gonna do the same. So maybe I'll change that a bit. I in the NFC. Yeah, it came more down to from when I try to think of separating those teams at the top. Uh, thinking about the quarterback play, obviously you have Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the 49ers have the best defense of the bunch, but uh, quarterback-wise, uh, Garoppolo, for everything they've done well, hasn't been you know spectacular by any means. So, oh, I guess I'll. <laughs> it's really easy to pick the the team that's um, the team that's undefeated on both conferences, but I'm not gonna. I won't do that. I, I'll, I'll go with the Patriots to beat the Packers. I mm-hmm. um, I could see Aaron Rodgers just getting red hot the defense doing enough and uh, them finding a way to win a a game in san francisco or a game in uh, new orleans possibly so i'll go with that just to make it a little different but i really was considering pats over saints or even even saints over pats i mean uh saints defense has been pretty good and you know they have enough dynamic guys that uh patriots if there's one thing last year uh, this year hasn't been too big of an issue we haven't seen them exploited at all on defense but last year they did struggle kind of with some of these really dynamic guys like uh running backs on the outside like camara with being able to guard them so maybe that would be an equalizer if he's fully healthy for new orleans to possibly win but I'll go with the Patriots to, you know, Aaron Rodgers gets back to the Super Bowl, looks like he's going to win his second one, and then scores about 13 points against that Patriots defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, we win. If it's Patriots-Saints, we get Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. If it's <laughs> Patriots-Packers, we get Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. So um, I don't think anyone's going to be complaining should we get those matchups. And then again, if the Chiefs make their surge back, uh, then we're getting Patrick Mahomes against uh, those two quarterbacks as well. <laughs> um, sorry, yeah. Jimmy G. Uh, I know they're still undefeated, but maybe we'll be talking about that after the the end of the season about how silly we were not to pick the team that was still undefeated on the <laughs> nfc side uh all right that'll wrap it up uh, like we said a little bit of a different episode for us uh this week because of the trade deadline but we will be back uh with our picks episode for week nine of the season here and uh dylan uh, before we dive into that here in a couple of days let everybody know where they can find uh, all of our stuff uh, over clutch points yeah, you can find the Establish the Past podcast and all, all of your, uh, you know, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you're listening. Uh, we appreciate all the subscribers and listens. Uh, we also have a podcast tab on our Clutch Points website and our, our episodes. Well, soon your guys' Cutting the Net episodes will be on there. Uh, I know the Battle for LA podcast, they just recorded another episode after the Clippers-Lakers opening night game. So all of our podcasts are on uh, clutchpoints.com at the podcast uh, button you'll see on there on the front page. Same with the NFL. All of our NFL contents under the NFL tab there. The, the Clutch Points app, you can follow NBA, NFL, MLB games. We've got only a couple more games in the world series game six about to start here in a few minutes so mlb will be a little more inactive coming up but nfl nba coverage there news uh stats all sorts of things interact during games and then uh fantasy football uh you search that on the website at clutch points yeah all of our fantasy contents there you got blake's waiver wire pickups by the time this goes out might have already made them but you know uh, the last couple weeks i've either you know whether it be i've not necessarily forgotten but i've seen some guys that have come up that other people have dropped uh, the next couple of days yep. so maybe keep an eye out for those in your leagues um, uh, but yeah his waiver wire article up we'll have start and sit articles coming we've added another fantasy article that did quite well last week on uh, 10 guys you could drop for your uh, for your pickups guys that you can probably get rid of so we'll have that another one of those coming out pretty soon as well yep don't drop Josh Gordon people don't do it I'm <laughs> telling you because I saw it in our league Dylan and I swooped in immediately don't drop him yet don't drop him <laughs> 
he may be back for another team we'll see um so there you go yeah check all that stuff out lots of great stuff uh for football fans uh everywhere so uh check it all out subscribe to the podcast and we will talk to you guys next time here on the established past podcast for the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together for the pathfinders breaking new ground Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.